Welcome to Episode 5 in the Lives of the Saints second series. I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church. In this episode, I pay tribute to the Blessed William Laud, whose feast day or holy day is January 10th. William Laud was born on the 7th of October, 1573 A.D., in the town of Reading, in the county of Berkshire, during the reign of the Protestant Queen Elizabeth I. He was baptized at St. Lawrence Church, Reading. Laud's father, a prosperous cloth merchant, sent William to Reading School, a liberal arts grammar school for boys then controlled by the town of Reading. The illustration for this and the next two slides is an engraving of Archbishop Laud from The Colorful History of England, published in 1837 A.D. Laud's rise to prominence was very fast. He won a scholarship to St. John's College, Oxford, now the wealthiest college in Oxford, but then of lesser means and also trying to transform itself from its Roman Catholic roots during the reign of Mary Tudor, or Mary I, or Bloody Mary, for her persecution of Protestants, to the Protestant Anglican era under Elizabeth I. At age 28, in 1601 A.D., he was ordained a clergyman in the Church of England. Ten years later, in 1611 A.D., during the reign of James I, the first king from the House of the Stuarts, formerly James of Scotland, was selected as he was selected as president of St. John's College. Within the church hierarchy, his rise was equally swift. He held several bishoprics in the in succession before being named Bishop of London in 1628 A.D. during the reign of King Charles I, who had ascended to the throne in 1625 after the death of James I. He achieved the highest office in the Church of England in 1633 A.D. when he was consecrated as Archbishop of Canterbury. Laud also held several civil offices under King Charles I. He was First Lord of the Treasury, where he served from 1635 to 1636 A.D., and Chancellor of the University of Oxford, Oxford from 1630 to 1641 A.D. As Chancellor, he took an active role in running the school, writing a new set of governing statutes in 1636 A.D., he also served as Chancellor of Trinity College, Dublin, from 1633 to 1645. During this period, the political controversy between the Stuart monarchy and its opponents led by Oliver Cromwell was intertwined with the conflicts within the English Church, which had been present since its creation in the 1530s, over how much of the old Roman Catholic forms of worship doctrine, liturgy, and clerical garments to retain. Those who wanted to retain more of the old traditions were called the High Church faction. As Archbishop of Canterbury and Chancellor of Oxford University, William Law had placed himself on the side of tradition and the monarchy. 
those who regarded all such practices, whether religious or civil, as evidence of idolatrous, quote, popery, unquote, rallied behind the Puritans led by Oliver Cromwell. The illustration for this and the remaining slides in this episode is an oil on canvas in the style of Van Dyck, circa 1636 A.D. by an unknown artist at the National Portrait Gallery in London. William Laud saw the boiling controversy as not only a threat to the monarchy, but also to the Church of England. He feared that the Puritan faction, opposed to the concept of bishops as governors of the church, also intended to abandon the doctrine of apostolic succession through which deacons, priests, and bishops derived their authority by an unbroken line from the apostles. The unlikely trigger for the first crisis for Laud came over his support of the use of the surplus a white garment worn over a black cassock. The name surplus derives from an old English word meaning over the wool or over the fleece. The use of the surplus, begun before the separation between Rome and Canterbury, was originally intended to mask the fur coats needed to keep the clergy warm in cold, damp English cathedrals, especially in winter, which is why it is called over the fleece. Archbishop Laud saw the surplus as a fitting garment consistent with the ideas of St. Paul that the church affairs should be conducted with dignity and decorum. The Puritans again saw the surplus as a sign of idolatry or of the more hated popery. The surplus controversy boiled over at Oxford when a mob broke into the chapel and stole all the surpluses, tossing them into a nearby dung pit or a privy. In the northwest of England, at Litchfield, 16 miles north of Birmingham, another mob broke into Litchfield Cathedral and threw pitch upon the altar hangings. As Archbishop of Canterbury, Laud decided that discipline had to be maintained. He brought charges against both the poor and the rich, inflaming passions among both. His campaign to free the clergy from dependence upon the local barons and lords by selling lands taken during the dissolution of the monasteries during the reign of Henry VIII. His proposal alienated the wealthy landowners who had their own plans for these lands. He favored requiring the Scottish Church, now known as the Presbyterian Church, to use the English Book of Common Prayer, then the 1559 edition. Passions ran very high. Extreme measures were taken by both sides. Desecration of altars by the Puritans, cutting off of ears and branding of faces of those convicted of such crimes by English courts. In 1638, the leaders of Scotland deposed and excommunicated all English bishops in Scotland. Within two years, the rebellion begun in Scotland spread to England. In 1640 A.D., Laud was arrested and charged with high treason by the Long Parliament. He was imprisoned in the Tower of London for four years, during which the English Civil War broke out. 
1644 A.D., at the age of 71, he was tried and convicted in the House of Commons. Reflecting the declining influence of the monarchy, Laud's pardon by King Charles I was ignored, and Archbishop Laud was beheaded on the 10th of January, 1545 A.D., on Tower Hill in London. The king himself, it should be noted, was beheaded by the Puritans in 1549 A.D. The monarchy was restored in 1660 A.D., ending the long civil war. The following is an adaptation of a prayer by William Laud for the Ninth Hour Office. O Lord, increase in me faith and devotion, replenish my heart with all goodness, and by thy great mercy keep me in the same. Give me godly zeal in prayer, true humility in prosperity, and continual joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. The text is an adapted version as it appears on page 52 in the AIC bookstore publication Prayers and Prayer in the Christian Tradition. Like all our books, it is available through the virtual bookstore links near the bottom of the homepage at our website, the full URL address for which is http www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. Archbishop Laud's final prayer before his death was this, The Lord receive my soul and have mercy on me and bless this kingdom with peace and charity that there may not be this effusion of Christian blood amongst them. The remains of the blessed William Laud were buried at the Church of All Hallows near the Tower of London. After the restoration of the monarchy in 1660 A.D., Laud's body was reburied in a vault under the altar at the chapel at St. John's College, Oxford, where he had been installed as chancellor in 1611 A.D. The collect for the Feast of the Blessed William Laud is from Lesser Feasts and Fasts. Keep us, O Lord, constant in faith and zealous in witness, that, like thy servant William Laud, we may live in thy fear, die in thy favor, and rest in peace, for the sake of Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. Thank you for joining me for Episode 5 in the Lives of the Saints Second Series, commemorating the life and contribution of 35 saints from both the Eastern and Western Church traditions celebrated on 28 feast days. Next time, in Episode 6, I will celebrate the life of St. Gregory of Nyssa, also commemorated on January 10th. Episodes of this series, as well as other teaching videos and seasonal videos, are available either on our YouTube channel, https colon slash slash www.youtube.com slash c, small letter c, slash St. John C with Saint spelled out or by using the episode links at our website, for which the full URL address is http colon www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. 
The digital library link on the homepage offers access to all our seasonal videos and other videos. The Bible study link similarly connects you to both our Bible study series, the New Testament Gospels, and the series on Revelation. The virtual bookstore has also has links for ordering paperback editions of any of our publications and a separate link for our Kindle editions. 100% of all book royalties are contributed to the AIC ministry. There is also a link to our collection of podcast homilies for all the Sundays in the numbered Sundays in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our newly redesigned website and use its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.